boom, February 16th, 2020, welcome back, welcome, I was gonna say welcome in, <laughs> welcome back ladies and gentlemen to Kicking It With The King, episode 242, like I said, my name is Gabriel Hernandez, thank you guys for all joining us from all areas of the world, it doesn't matter where you are, thanks for joining us, thanks for being here, um, like I said, it's February 16th, 2020, I hope you guys all had a fantastic Valentine's Day, the, the last time we were on here, we talked on Valentine's Day, that was a pre-show, pre-edition of a UFC Rio Rancho, and we had a lot of fun on that one, talked a lot of shit, and, uh, we're gonna talk some more shit on this show today, because, um, you know, the results, and, you know, my, me essentially eating my words, somewhat the last two shows when it comes to disrespecting the challengers and I'm not really disrespect not really I'm just maybe I need to stop being so hard on myself or so like so critical of it because I don't know if you guys remember the last show um quickly before we begin uh I wanted to really, just, you know, if you remember me saying, I just quickly talked about, like, you know, saying that, you know, Jan's conditioning was garbage. I mean, I said that on Twitter. I mean, I said that compared to Corey, you know, uh, Corey is a better athlete, but, you know, obviously it's this is a cage fight and um, anything can happen. And, you know, these guys are throwing four ounce gloves and, and power and bombs, you know, for 15 minutes, 15 to 25 minutes or less. Per, it doesn't, depends on the fucking fight. It's a championship fight. Um, yeah, be, like I said, from that, the point on to the, when they begin to, you know, the referee pulls you off or the fight's over and it goes to the judges, you know, you gotta be careful. This is the worst, this is the worst beginning of a show that I've ever fucking had on here. I felt so lost when I said that, but yeah, like I said, Jan defied the odds, obviously proved me wrong, proved a lot of other people wrong. Do a bit of first round knockout of Corey Anderson. If you look at the first fight, it was completely different. Jan, Jan's made some serious improvements. Um, he's had some, uh, you know, amazing wins in his last few. And you know, who else is there now? There's nobody left. Like I said, it was between Jan and Corey. Dominic Ray is still waiting in the wings for a potential rematch, but um, you know, right now, like I said, what based off what Jan did, this was I said on the last show, this is going to be the defying odds. This is going to be the next storyline. Now I said I wasn't like absolutely excited for Rio Rancho and stuff, um, because you know it's, I just was excited to really see what's next and what could potentially be next for the division moving forward later on this year because of what Jan did yesterday it was gonna it was depending on what Jan was here to do and if he was able if he was able to you know go through Corey Anderson in impressive fashion which he did that was gonna set up a potential fight later on with John Jones later this year maybe around international fight week obviously John Jones was front and center in the crowd had his arms up seemed real pumped up real energetic and you know honestly it's great to see John real charismatic and pumped up to, you know, get back in there, and, you know, like I said, it's all these drug things, drug test failures, and all this other bullshit that John has gone through is a thing of the past right now, and now, like I said, he can focus on potentially fighting Jan. Do I think Jan beats John Jones? No. I'm going to keep on saying that, and I said it with Dominic Reyes. I thought John won. I've said it a million times. Jan looked great last night. Dominic Reyes looked great against John Jones. I mean, all these guys are going to look great. You know, like I said, you got to take Jan very seriously. I just don't think he's going to beat him now. He has a lot of power. So that was one of the things I underlooked when I 
talked about this show or that talked about this fight the other day before it happened. I mean, obviously, like I said, it could go either way. And, you know, like I said, Corey Anderson's a fantastic fighter, you know, um, crazy conditioning. Probably it's still top uh, top tier of the best conditioning in all the, all of that division. Now, like I said, this game's a game of inches and, you know, anything could happen at any given time. I mean, all it takes is one punch, literally. I mean, that's all it took, Jan. Um, Jan's been sleeping people as of late. I mean, usually, I mean, early on, for early on in his start, or his career, his UFC and stuff, like, he, he, his, his takedown defense wasn't as good, and his grappling defense wasn't that good. That's how, like, Corey Anderson was able to beat him the first time. I mean, Jimmy Manoa handily beat him the first time, too, in the second fight. Had Jimmy, you know, in all sorts of trouble, as did Jimmy. Jimmy had Jan in trouble. Jan had Jimmy in trouble. I mean, Jan almost beat the brakes off of Patrick Cummins in that fight. Remember those fights? Anytime that Jan landed cleanly, that you know, he fucked Patrick Cummins up in that fight, dude. That was that was all heart and determination for Pat winning that decision. You know, it's dangerous. So, you know, like I said, a spring chicken. Jan is no spring chicken. He's 36 years of age, man, but he's really putting things together, so... No, uh, you know, retract my comments. I mean, I said his grappling starting off in his career wasn't the best. Obviously, he's very credentialed and you know, fantastic, and and now good in all areas. I mean, his takedown defense really showed. I mean, I guess a guy like Corey who likes to pressure and you know rely on his takedowns and, and his great you know cardio and pressure. He puts everything together on the feet too. I mean, overall, he's well well thought out, fantastic fighter. I think he'll come back from this better than ever. Um, but um, ultimately, the night belonged to Jan. Jan, I think it's on a three-fight winning streak now. Has he beat, uh, who has he beat in the last few? I think he knocked out Luke Rockhold. He just knocked out Corey Anderson. Let me pull up Jan's Wikipedia. I want to see this. I apologize if you hear my voice and it sounds kind of raspy. It's just kind of little allergies. And you know, hopefully, I don't have the coronavirus or anything like that. Have I been around any Asian people lately? No, I'll edit that out. That was racist. I'm not, I'm not trying to be racist. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But, you know, literally all the cases of coronavirus has mainly been Asian people. Okay, we're not talking about that. Let me pull up Jan's Wikipedia. Yeah, he's former KSW light heavyweight champion. So it's like Jan's no stranger to title fights and stuff. Now is he going to get one of the UFC? Very likely. Um, okay, so here we go. Mixed martial arts record. Yeah, his last win, Corey Anderson. Beat Jacare Souza by split decision. KO Luke Rockhold and Luke Rockhold's light heavyweight debut. So Jan's looking good lately, man. Um, I didn't. I don't remember the fight with Jacare, the second fight. I mean, or no, the only fight he's had with Jacare. I actually did not watch that fight. Maybe I was pretty fucked up on that night because there a lot of cases during during the, um, on the weekend are times where I get the most smashed. So, I mean, I really don't remember that fight. Um, it was a split decision. And, you know, obviously, like I said, three finishes would be better for Jan. But what he's done in his last two was absolutely amazing. You know, his last two out of three, I mean, his win over Rockhold. And now his win over Corey Anderson, who was also surging, too. Who's Corey, who did Corey fight before uh, Jan? I just want to see real quick. Oh, he fought, yeah, he beat the brakes off Johnny Walker. Beat Ilya Latifi. Beat Glover Teixeira. Beat Patrick Cummins. Oof. His last time losing was against Olven St. Prue. Corey's last loss was 2017, so, I mean, that's nothing to be ashamed of. That's the thing, man. You, I mean, these guys in, in this division are, are fucking hungry right now. And not to say that Corey wasn't hungry. Like I said, this is a game of inches, 
And this is a game that, you know, a lot of people play. You know, someone has to lose. I mean, it could have easily have been Jan and, you know, Corey would have, you know, kind of beefed up another fight with John Jones. But really, Corey has a better chance now. Um, obviously, with Dominic Reyes, you know, coming off of a loss and, you know, you know Corey now coming off a loss. I'm not saying match those two guys up right away because um, I think we'll see Corey take some time off and, um, to be honest, right now, I don't think a, a crazy power puncher like Dominic Reyes is a, a good guy to have him fight next, I mean, especially because how mad Dominic Reyes must be right now. So, you know, but I like I don't like to match make a day after, 24 hours after or anything else like that. So I think it, I think it's best for Corey to take some time off right now. Um, uh, now, for jo for Jan, I mean, like I said, possess a lot of power. Um let me see. I want to see a uh, possess a lot of power. I mean, what else is he at? I really didn't know too much about you know. I mean, not before, not, not saying before this, but you know, deep deeper shit. Like I just know that he was a great striker and you know, a lot of power. But um, what is he? What is he? For yeah, former KSW light heavyweight champion, and number six in light heavyweight ranks, probably a little bit higher now because he beat Corey. Um, eight losses, five by decision. One by submission, two by knockout. Who's knocked out Jan? Oh, um, oh, Tiago Santos did. Oof. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. That was a nasty. But he fought in K. He's fought in KSW since uh, Jesus, since the very beginning. Jan's first f fight. Um, he fought three times in one night. Is it crazy? Yeah, he fought three times in one night. Won his first fight by knockout in, first, in one minute and 35 seconds. The second fight, he won in three, two minutes and 30, 36 seconds. And the third fight, he won by decision all in one night. You guys didn't know that, I bet. And he's been fighting in KSW since 2007. And only only um, t oh, big organizations that he's fought in his entire career. I mean, yeah, his UFC debut at uh, uh, on... In 2014, he, against Alir Latifi, knocked Alir Latifi out. So, Derek Lewis couldn't knock Alir Latifi out. But, you know, what this guy does, like I said, I'm not saying it's not, like, it's not credible or anything. But that makes, that shows you how good Jan is. Because if Jan's able to do that, and all these other people that are beating Alir Latifi, that must mean they're much top tier, much better fighters than people that weren't able to put Derek Lewis away. Cormier put Derek Lewis away. So why couldn't Derek Lewis? I mean, it was a tough fight. I'm not going to sit here and try to shame Derek Lewis or anything, obviously, especially not what he's going through right now. Um, I'm just saying, like, it just shows you. I mean, it, and it can happen at any, any given time. I mean, maybe it was, he was a little bit more successful, successful to be knocked out because he got light heavyweight or something like that. Who knows? <coughs> so, like I said, I mean, Corey was on a huge, kind of a, a big streak before... Um, this fight happened with with Jan, and um, I don't know about this. Uh, how about this co-main event? A lot of controversy here too. I mean, I don't know. It's not my place to say someone quit because I could see it from all points, all angles, man. Bahada looked good. I mean, like I said, I thought that he would, you know, obviously need to work on his conditioning, not dance so much on his way to the cage, as I do a little bit of dancing. Michael Bisping was hella funny on the post show, if you remember that, that little clip between him and Michael Kiesa and stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, Pajeda looked good. Um, unfortunately for those knees, a couple of them landed that night. It, I mean, like I said, I wasn't, 
I'm not fucking thrilled. I wasn't thrilled of over performances at over at in Rio Rancho, excuse me, I had a little fucking brain shit for a second. You know, the illegal knee from Pajera. Um Ray Borg won, but he missed weight. Quote unquote wants to you know get you know, still fight at flyway. I'm like, what the f okay. Um, and, you know, the Brock Weaver knee, illegal knee landed on Brock Weaver. Okay, what's up with all this bullshit happening in the last two uh, events, man? Shitty judging. I'm not not talking about the John Jones fight. Um, all the rest of the fights, but John Jones fight. Um, shitty judging and horrible referees, illegal knees. What the fuck's wrong with people? How can they not know? In the heat of a moment, you can't throw that knee. Professionals that, are, you know, are no, no, uh, very knowledgeable of the rules and, and shit like that. So, I mean, like I said, it's a fight. It's the heat of the moment. But those vibes from Rio Rancho weren't necessarily good. I mean, Jan winning in the main event was good for me. Because now it gives us something else to talk about. Skill-wise. What's, what's this matchup going to be like between him and John? Striker versus guy who can do it all. I mean, Jan hits hard. Definitely. <laughs> so John, there's no, it's no easy walk in the park for John as well. I mean, he's getting John. I can't believe Ryan's only fought in KSW in the UFC, and only has eight losses, man. But you know, out of all people, I'd ever imagined sitting down here talking about Jan. I never. I'm not saying I'm not disrespecting Jan in any way, but um, I never thought I'd be sitting here thinking about. Jan being the top contender, man. I mean, like I said, I mean, this light heavyweight division has gotten so deep. I mean, obviously, what, what I expect, the fact that all these, um, you know, these contenders, I mean, the Dominic Reyes of the world, I mean, came back to kind of beat Alexander Gustafson and hand Anthony Smith of loss. Um, so John's kind of have to, like, I guess adjust, not adjust his style, but these guys are getting better, faster and stuff. And, you know, not to say that the guys that John fought back in the day, like Machida's and, and all those people weren't good. It's just the game's changing, man. You got to adjust to it. So, so like I said, it's exciting. A little bit less nervous for John when it comes to this fight with Jan. John, Jan, John, Jan. Hopefully you don't get confused to who the fuck I was talking about when it comes to that. Um, we're, we're, we're nearly 15 minutes in, folks. So, better late than never. We are quickly available, ladies and gentlemen. Everywhere, anywhere you get your podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play Music. My recommendation for people is iTunes and Spotify. Personally, um, you can follow us as well directly on Twitter and Instagram at kwtkpod, as well as um, following me on Instagram and Twitter at g the king mma. Um, Facebook.com slash GabyBaby123 and uh, Facebook.com slash Gabriel the King Hernandez as well. So uh, give us some follows, leave us a five star review, rating, whatever it is you want. All the good vibes everywhere, folks. Um, okay, so back to what I was going to say. All right. I mean, Jan, I mean, I'm curious to see how Jan does with the kind of orth unorthodox style of Jones and the kicks and. And, you know, this is the forward pressure all the time because Jan does get tired. But, you know, like I said, Corey Anderson is just a superior athlete like that. But Corey Anderson's no John Jones. You know, Corey's not going to, Corey not, didn't attack him. He's not going to attack him with the same kind of, you know, speed, technique, and IQ 
And John Jones seems hungry, man. So for John to get right back in there, uh, I think that's obviously, like I said, wouldn't be like the best thing right away. But, you know, International Fight Week seemed, how long is that? You know, uh, April or it's, it's February right now. So you got March, April, May, June, four months. Yeah, that's more than enough time, man, I think. Um, that's, that's a good enough time to formulate a game plan. And I will go back to what I said earlier about Jan is that, I mean, he tends to get tired, you know, um, you know, sometimes the moments are too big for these guys. Sometimes I'm not trying to make excuses to why Jan's going to lose or anything like that, but, you know, it's just, it will be interesting to see, um, the kind of cardio that he has. Um, especially for a fight with John Jones. I mean, John Jones is going to be in your face the whole time. Say what you want about the last fight with, with Dominic, but John Jones was always advancing. He was always the one moving forward, and I haven't really seen Jan in that kind of uh, position before. Like I said, he is former champion in another organization, top organization that's still popping to this day. A lot of people that are former champions in other organizations, I think the number's a little bit lesser now, or, you know, there's not really too many former champions that are, you know, former champions former champions of active organizations, you know, some people, former Bellator champions, former UFC champions, former Strike Force, former WEC, I mean, there's those guys, but there's not any really, it's not really like any active ones or anything else like that, so, like I said, I mean, he has speed, nasty punches, definitely can hit you hard, man, so, ugh, ugh. Like 8.30 in the morning, yeah, oh, nearly 8.30, but, um, like I said, you get to definitely put some people out with that power of his, for sure. <laughs> I bet a lot of people thought I was going to sit here and talk a bunch of shit. No, no I mean, like I said, you got to realize that the game is changing and everything that Jan's doing right now is, seems to be going good. I mean, that win over Rockhold, ooh, damn, that was brutal. I mean, uh, the win over Rockhold, I mean, Split decision over Jacare. He's always beating Rockhold, Jacare, and uh, Corey Anderson. Um, two former champions and uh, an Ultimate Fighter champion winner. So they're very credible wins, though, for sure. There's no one else, so I mean, why not? I, have I given my thoughts on a rematch? Do I, a rematch on, for Dominic Reyes and Jones? I know I'm going back to Jones the last three times, the last three episodes, but um, I was going to say, like, if they don't do a rematch with Dominic and Jones, do I want to see it? Just quickly, I, I think I'll be fine right now. I think Dominic could come back and fight somebody else. Maybe fight Corey Anderson since they're both coming off losses in the last two main events. Start that off. Maybe have them fight later on in International Fight Week, the winner. You know, it'd be a little closer to fighting Jones after John fights Jan. How about how about this CFC? How about you hire me right now? And how about we have John doubleheader light heavyweight for the light heavyweight title? John Jones, Jan Blahovich. I hope I said his name right. John Jones, Jan Blahovich, Corey Anderson versus uh, Dominic Reyes. How about you throw Johnny Walker on there too? Who's Johnny Walker? Is Johnny Walker fighting anybody? <sighs> too too high to look at it right now. But, you know, like I said, wouldn't that be a nice little cute doubleheader? That'd be cool. I mean, the winner of Corey versus Dominic Reyes could be next to fight John Jones. 
<laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, there's a lot of good guys that like Nesway and stuff like that, but I don't know. I can't. None of, none of them come to mind when it comes to talking about title talks. Hopefully, we get a couple good fights, more fights out of John in the light heavyweight division, and maybe he has a little bit more of a vintage performance in his uh, next fight. I think John can finish Jan. That's going to get annoying to talk about. Jan, John, Jan. Jones can finish Jan. How about that? I'm going to reword my shit. Jones can finish Jan on the ground. And, uh, takedown defense was good, but it's not like Jan is any bigger. Dominic Reyes is fucking huge. He's massive. What do you, what do you think is going to happen when John fights somebody on his level? There we go. There's Gabriel starting to ramp up shit. I'm starting to turn up the heat a little bit, all right? Got a little cold on this show for a second, so. <laughs> I think it's a little cooler to turn up the heat a little bit now. Um, yeah, and John's going to be level on his feet, and he has trouble. Quote-unquote has trouble with people that, that are um, a little bit bigger, but John's way bigger than him, in my opinion. John's a big guy, too. He's <clears throat> massive, but he's not long and rangy like Gustafson or long and rangy like Anthony Smith and... Um, you know, I mean, punches fucking hard like Tiago Santos. So you gotta watch out. I mean, John's guy feeling gotta watch out. It's a dangerous fight. Um, there's no other fights I feel that should be next for John right now because, you know, the the heavyweight talk. Like I said, we could slow down just for a second. It's not like there's a long list of like a 135 pound division. I'm just not like it's not like he's going up and wait to go fuck around or not defend his title. He's been defending his title since he won it. Basically, he's been in championship fights since since the very begin since the the Shogun fight, and um, so John's essentially cleaned out the division. So I wouldn't want to hear anybody talking about how he, a move to heavyweight wouldn't be good. I mean, a move to heavyweight would be good. Just clear out the last two, well, the last contender essentially. I mean, yeah, if if he wants to get the the Reyes rematch, I don't know, maybe after he gets another belt at heavyweight or something, it goes back down, and you know, Ray, maybe Reyes has done enough to earn that. Maybe in my opinion, maybe. One more, one win for Reyes, or a couple wins, or that, or like I said, a fight between him and Corey Anderson. Sign me up. I would be fine with that. Yeah, it depends on what they want. It's thinking about it right now, thinking about the outcomes, possibilities, everything happening. I mean, I don't think Corey gets Dominic Reyes down. If John wasn't gonna get him down, I don't think Corey Anderson gets him down. Um, I think Dominic Reyes possesses a lot more power in his hands than Corey Anderson, and, and can take a better shot. And I think. I think that that would be a really bad fight for a return fight for Corey. I'm not saying he couldn't beat Dominic. I'm not going to completely disrespect and trash him. No. But it, right now, for me, thinking about it, it, it wouldn't be one of the best ones. Just saying. I'm just going to be completely honest here. Um, as for, let's let's transition, and we'll get back to You hear my stomach just go off? I'm hungry, I guess. I'll, we'll, we'll eat after the show. Um... By the way, we're at home too, so we don't have to worry about anything else like that, like any background shit or any of that other stuff. Um, so quickly about you know Diego Sanchez taking the easy way out versus you know I'm not saying that I'm not accusing I'm not saying that people are saying that about him and I just want to kind of I didn't watch that I seen the knee and stuff. Um, of course, Pajeda throws an illegal knee, man. Misses weight in his last fight. Throws a legal knee in this one. It's gonna be hard to gain the traction of the fans when it comes moving forward. Not wanting and essentially accepting bullshit in your uh, um, 
As in what I mean, like, what bullshit's next? That's what people are going to be thinking every time Pajeda fights. Oh, this guy missed weight. Oh, illegal knees. Oh, maybe eye pokes next or something like that. DQ lost by eye pokes. Wait, what's wrong with this guy? I mean, I don't know if it was intentional. Like I said, if I'm being, if, if I know in the heat of a moment still, it doesn't matter. You be heat in the moment. One, you know, these fights are very, uh, you know, critical and life-threatening. And you could, you know, be in danger at any point in time in, in, the, in the fight. And it's one of those dangerous, you know, legalized combat sports on the planet. And, you know, you get coached. You get per- professionally trained by people with heavy, heavily credentialed people and heavily credentialed fighters you're working with. And you're working and you're training in your training room with all these credentialed fighters and stuff. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't understand how these motherfucking illegal knees work because I, you have to think about everything's on the line, man. You just robbed him of a, of a, of a win. If Ipeheta didn't land that knee, he would have defeated Diego Sanchez. In my opinion, Diego Sanchez takes a DQ um, and says he can't see the doctor calls it off. Safety is the number one priority. Um, could he really continue now? Um, I don't know. I wasn't in there. I didn't see what he was seeing. Diego Sanchez is kind of weird as it is anyway. So, I mean, I don't know, especially with that one-man corner. Some fucking yoga instructor or some shit like that. What the fuck? I mean, I don't know. Whatever the fuck works. I mean, if, if he gets a couple wins, but his last two fights, man, he's he's, he's lost. Only active member of the season one of the Ultimate Fighter, Jesus. You know how many seasons of the Ultimate Fighter we have? Like thirty something seasons now. Diego looked like shit. I mean, like I said, I mean, obviously he's a fucking awkward, dude, man. Just different. Not saying it in a bad way. I mean, it's just different. I mean, usually with the camp, he was well more, a lot more physically conditioned. Um, he had one of the best camps. He was a part of one of the best camps in the form of Jackson and Winklejohn for so long. And, you know, him coming out, having strategic game plans. And, you know, Diego kind of has always been a bite-on-the-mouthpiece kind of guy and come forward. And, you know, he's known for his wild fights and, you know, fun, famous fights. But it just seemed like, you know, took a knee. And I mean, like I said, I don't know. Took a knee and, you know, didn't, uh, didn't wish to continue. I mean, in my head, if I get caught with a shot like that, unless it fucking physically, uh, you know, if it fucked me up or something, or I couldn't see right, or I was sitting too, or it was damaging, a legal knee is a legal knee, man. You get you can get seriously hurt by that. You can end somebody's career doing something um, that um, lethal and stuff like that. I mean, obviously, knees, get knees, you can knee to the chin, knee to the face, flying knees, kick to the faces. I mean, I mean, I don't know if the legal knee really is any different. I don't know if there's anything else that's that damaging about it, except it's illegal and it's against the rules in combat sports. However, if it's a street fight, we're not going to be talking about none of that stuff. Illegal shit happens in street fights all the time. There's no referees to separate you. I mean, it's combat sports and, you know, now we got to think about now you're facing two losses. Well, now you have two losses in a row, man. At 170. So one kind of thing that concerned me, that what he said on Ariel's show, I don't know if anybody's um, talked about, but when he said that fighting at 170, and he, he weighs like 170 point something, or he walks around at 170. Dude, you're fighting people who cut to make 170. Some of these guys are pretty big and strong. I mean, like Tyron Woodley's probably solid 190, 200 pounds probably walking around. Um, Camaro is probably in the, in the same range, kind of really high up there and, and, and weight when he walks around. I mean, um, 
Diego used to fight at 145 and then he fought 155 for the longest time and you know, 170 for the longest time and then he finally went, he was just fighting at 155 for the longest time but you know I don't I don't really ever know the story of what what really was you know, what the best weight class is but I just know that you shouldn't be fighting at the weight that you are because you know it depends on the weight class and how big the guys are and you know people cutting weight to make those weight classes I mean a lot bigger than you come fight night so that may not be one of the most advantageous things you can do or one of the most smartest things you can do because I don't really know any people that really fight at their I mean Cerrone I mean it's rare there's there's like a a certain selection a certain select few of people that I've said in the past that can fight at two different weight classes and actually win not just move up and, or not just lose and move up and, you know, 50-50 chance at both weight classes and stuff. No. I mean, Cerrone, you know, has a, has a winning record at 170. I mean, winning record at 155. Bisping fought at 205. Um, and like I said, Rashad, back in the day, you know, he fought, you know, he fought as a heavyweight. I mean, fought his career mostly at light heavyweight. Um, GSP moved up to middleweight for a brief, for a brief minute. Won the title there, I mean, but I'm talking about people that fight for 170, 155, 170, 155. Who's some people that are notorious for fighting both? I mean, obviously, Connor. I, I just kind of give myself an idea. Connor's fought at 145, 155, 170, one belt. Not in all weight classes. The 170 pound one is next. If he if he's looking to win a belt, um, Nate Diaz has fought 170 pounds. Uh, how can we forget one Jorge Masvidal, successful 155? Um, a lot of questionable decisions that didn't go his way, quote unquote robberies. I feel like if you really want to bring up robberies, look up a lot. Look at Masvidal's like last four split decision losses and talk to me about robberies, motherfuckers. Okay, and then um yeah, so I said Masvidal was great, looked amazing at one fifty five. Weight cuts are draining. Um, move up to one seventy, looks absolutely amazing. Record sets, doing absolutely good. Oh, Damian Maya too. Don't forget about that one. Um. Yeah, he's had a bunch of amazing submission wins at at one eighty five, and you know, dropped to one seventy, fought his way to a world title. Didn't, didn't go the same for Nate Marquardt. Um, obviously, won the belt and strike force with that stunning knockout over Woodley, but you know, fell short in hard times and really had a long career. <laughs> and uh, mm, I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. Is there anybody I'm freaking... Oh, Alistair Overeem. I mean, he won at light heavyweight, but I feel like his best days were... Best days are at heavyweight. And, you know, he looked good. I mean, um, he's looked good ever since. I mean, obviously, like I said, he's had a long career too, but... You know, there's like a handful of people that can move up and down and wait and still look good like that. But going back to Diego, I mean, I just feel like he's much smaller than these guys and he's getting out-grappled and out-muscled. I mean, Michael Chiesa out-muscled him. Um, Michelle seemed to be a lot stronger. I mean, physically, he looked in great shape. I mean, Diego didn't really look... He just looked like normal. I mean, he didn't look in phenomenal. Like, absolutely, oh my God, like, absolutely amazing shape. No, he he just looked like, like an average, average. No disrespect, but looked average. Just, just looked behind, honestly. And... You know, maybe I have to rewatch it again, but I did not. I did not like that. Like I said, uh, UFC Rio Rancho was pretty fucking shitty, if you ask me. Other than you know, 
the outcome of the main event, and, you know, it was a couple other amazing performances and stuff like that, too, um, but, you know, overall, just, I don't know, weird vibes, let's move on to the next one, what's the next, uh, what is the next card, what's the next fight card coming up, let's see, is that a question to ask Siri, what, what's the next fight card coming up, um, let me just look, all right, let me see, let me see. Maybe if the UFC's updated their account, we could see what's next. Coronavirus is trending number one. Maybe we'll talk about the coronavirus after we're done. Um, okay, no, there's, I don't know what the fuck's next. Yeah, congrats to Jan. Um, let me look it up. I guess since the UFC doesn't have it on Twitter yet, I want to look. Want to see what the what the next fight card is? What is it? Because like I said, there's so many fucking fight cards, dude. You can't keep up with all. Of them. <laughs> now you gotta like actually keep up and look at every single fucking one because you don't know. Have they done any international shows? Where's John Gooden at? Dan Hardy. We need them back. I, mean, I love the American ones, but uh, oh yeah, here we go. Ooh, this is a good one. Good, great fight card. Um, this one's out of Australia. Okay, there we go. I just answered my own question. Um, Paul Felder uh, versus... I was going to call him James Hooker. <laughs> no, um, Paul Felder versus... Uh, what the fuck? Dan Hooker. Excuse me. Why did I call him James Hooker? <laughs> um, that's it. Okay, let me see. You see Fight Night Felder versus Hooker. Yeah, lightweight main event between them, uh, light heavyweight contenders, uh, well, a couple of up-and-coming light heavyweight, potentially light heavyweight contenders, Jim Crute versus Michael Olinistock. Ooh, good one. At women's strawweight, uh, Carolina Kovacavich versus Jan Shiona, I can't pronounce that, X-I-A-O-N-A-N, um, at heavyweight, Ben Sassoli returns against Marco Rogerio de Lima. Um, ooh, this is a good one. At lightweight, Brad Riddell versus Mago Med Mustaf. It's a great fight. Kevin Aguilar against Zubara Tahugov, one of Khabib's people. Um, and, you know, like I said, it's a good card for, for foreigners. I'm not saying anybody who watches it is foreigners. Um, got one American headlining against an Australian. Um, Felder versus Hooker, like I said, UFC fight night, um, Saturday, February 22nd, 4 p.m. Pacific time, okay, okay, I see where you go on UFC, that's a great fight, main event, I mean, uh, Paul Felder's as ruthless as it gets, and he has nasty power, nasty kicks, and I've talked about this, I mean, as you heard my past shows, um, every time Paul Felder hits a pad, you get the chills, my like, Jesus Christ, or a kick or something, Imagine getting kicked or punched by that guy, or even elbowed, dude. Paul Felder's ruthless. I mean, he comes forward. He's he's aggressive. He's uh, a lot of power. You know, very calculated. Hits fucking hard. Dan Hooker. I mean, been finishing people left and right. I mean, knocking people's mouthpieces out. Uh, you know, had a tough fight against Edson Barbosa. Hey, here we go. Common opponent in between both of those guys, Edson Barbosa. Um, compare performances, Edson, I mean, Paul Felder edged Edson out in the second fight, the first fight was close too, um, 
but Hooker just couldn't, you know, couldn't contend with the power. I mean, like I said, he, he showed heart, he showed grit, showed toughness, but ultimately, Felder was able to hang in there. So that, that I mean, like I said, anything can happen in the sport. So don't don't get me wrong, or don't try to. Like, I don't like want to like backtrack or compare opponents and stuff like that because every fight is different ladies and gentlemen like i said every fight is different so like i said i mean it just shows me that paul is able to hang in there I and mean, this dude spars a donald Cerrone. i'm pretty sure he can can uh and spars with anthony pettis and guys like that so i'm pretty sure he can he can contend with a guy like dan hooker oh dan hooker i mean has power and you know you know, his knees and, you know, anything like that. But, you know, calculated-wise, overall striking-wise, I'd say that Paul Felder, you know, was, a lot, was real seasoned too. But, you know, it's hard for me to really compare both of them because um, I don't know exactly how many years both these guys have been training and, you know, off the books and, you know, record-wise. I mean, both these guys are very credentialed. And Paul Felder's won the main event for so long and got the perfect candidate, the perfect person. Um, you know, obviously this lightweight division is stacked and... um you know, with the win, it would put him up in a better spot. But, you know, we don't know what's going on right now. Lightweight. Obviously, we got to wait for this Tony versus Khabib, which is on April, which is next month. No, well, no, not next month. It's February. Kind of close to the end of February. Are fucking ready? All fucking ready, excuse me. Um, and then we got March. Then we got April. God, please keep our hands together and, and, and MMA gods bless the entire world, bless Tony and Khabib because that, that that's still an underlooked fight and the fact that it's so far away still gives me time to get excited for it, still gives me time to break it more down or not to break it down today or anything like that, I'm just saying going, going back to Paul Felder and um, Dan Hooker both look, I mean, Dan Hooker used to fight at 145, he's a big ass dude, I was like, this guy's fighting at 145, um, Paul Felder's took couple of good fights at 170 and um and 155 too and it's just like i said i got i got kind of chills when it, when it comes to paul phil i mean I've, I've watched so many different people but when paul fills her fights dude it's just like it's number one dude right there I mean, he hits you dude i can't imagine how fucking hurt how bad it hurts especially those nasty kicks man he has some of the nastiest kicks in um in that division and overall in all of the UFC, so interesting fight. Like I said, I can't wait to see that one. Uh, it's a fun one, especially because overseas. Honestly, where Dan Hooker can go and what he can do with this win for him looks good too. Title fight wise, I don't necessarily know. Um, what would be the next step with the win for both of these guys? But you know, like I said, it's a fun fight. It's a great fight to have. So, like I said. Anyways, <laughs> stretchy. Need to stretch. Well, we've been alive on for here for like thirty-nine minutes, so we're twenty minutes away from an hour. Eight forty-two. We started like eight. I remember. I remember that we started at oh, at eight o'clock, and now um, it's eight forty-two. So now we could talk about the coronavirus if you want. No, I want to see what it's saying though. It said it's trending, so. Might as well, right? Might as well talk about conspiracy theories too. <laughs> we should do it all right now, like in the last twenty minutes of the show. Let me see. Let's see. What do they got to say? 
trending number one and coronavirus being spread in China. Top secret videos leaked. Nope. I want to see what's latest. Is Wait, is this... Where the fuck is it? It's not trending. Hmm. How the fuck do you... Various? Oh, that's what... It's early in the morning. How this... I knew that was misspelled. Corona, let's see, Corona, like the beer. That beer is disgusting, too, by the way. Sorry if I offended anybody that likes Corona, but I don't like that beer. It's fucking disgusting. <laughs> mm-hmm. Chinese quarantined cash to stop coronavirus. Okay, I'm not finding anything exciting. All these dudes pose, posing in uh, white suits with gloves. All different colors. Well, two dudes are wearing blue gloves. One dude's wearing red gloves. Does he have a phone in his hand, too? Is that a phone? Is this guy carrying a phone in his hand? And this dude's head's not even covered. He has, like, a really tall hairline. Why isn't his head covered? <laughs> I'm just having fun looking at this. Um, They say coronavirus started from bats. <laughs> There's this picture on here that this guy's uh, um, proposing to his girlfriend or soon to be hopefully wife. Not from the pictures of this, but from the looks of the picture, it doesn't look like that. But he's on his knee proposing to her. Um, she has her mouth like, oh my God, she's crying. And she, he opens the box that's supposed to be a ring. And it's um, fucking mask. To cover yourself so you don't get diseases or get sick or anything. Ha ha ha. That's very funny. One thousand seven hundred medical workers have coronavirus in China per report. Oh no. Oh shit. That's creepy. I need to stop reading these, they're freaky. <laughs> I just gotta stay the fuck away from some Asian people, man. <laughs> I swear, I'm just fucking playing. Don't get offended, anybody. Um, Hubei doctors warned of even deadlier coronavirus reinfection causing sudden heart attacks. Oof, Jesus Christ. I wonder. Oh, this is a good one. This is from Abjit. Marjunder on Twitter. This is Beyond Eerie. Quote, 1981 thriller by Dean Koontz. Green, Dean Koontz is a very, uh, very, very phenomenal uh, author. New York Times bestseller on multiple occasions, by the way. Um, Dean Koontz predicted the coronavirus nightmare, pinpointing it to supposedly biological weapons labs in China's Wuhan. And he circled two specific things. I'm going to save this picture and post it because it's kind of it's woke. we got to stay woke. 
Um, to understand that, Dominique says, you have to go back 20 months. It was around the Chinese scientist named Li Chang defected to the United States carrying a disket record of China's most important and dangerous new biological weapon in a decade. They called the stuff Wuhan 400 because it was developed at their RDNA labs outside the city of Wuhan and it was a 400, 400th valuable strain of man-made microorganisms organisms created at a research center. Wuhan 400. Ooh. Fuck. This makes me want to read this book now. <laughs> oh, I mean, I... Um, that's interesting now to look at and think about. Now I got to look up that book. I mean, I, I've looked up videos and stuff, and everyone, everything's a conspiracy now. Everyone thinks about it. I mean, the Kobe stuff. Um... That that supposedly was a conspiracy too. I mean, reading the numbers, looking at the videos, and the numbers do add up, which is very fucking creepy. But like I said, I want to look and like talk about that stuff. I'm kind of nervous. Don't take me out. I don't want to be silenced. No, I'm just kidding. But no, I've read. I've read multiple times. I've seen it multiple times that people are talking about oh, coronavirus being a man-made, and I. I mean, I believe it to be honest with you. But uh, one interesting question. This is off-topic. But it has to do with natural disasters. Uh, you know how they like the fires happen and shit? All like the Australia fires, California fires. If they were man started, a man started, man or woman or thing started these fires. I mean, this makes no sense how people want purposely start fires. And yeah, we, we, we hop on the internet. We see every single celebrity talking. <coughs> Excuse me. See everyone talking about it, donating money. Click the link in my bio to donate money here. Click the link in my bio to go here. Click here to donate. Share this page to donate. Uh, contribute. Or, you know, like, okay, contributing to something that people behind the scenes, man, man-made started. Not, that makes no sense. Man-made started. But, you know, these people start these things and people donate. You know, it's like they're starting them on purpose. And people are just pouring countless amounts of money, countless amounts of money, countless amounts of money. Now, God forbid, I hope that, I mean, I, I, you know, for, for Pete's sake, I got the, uh, my best case scenario is that the money that's donated goes there and people just aren't aware of the things that really go on in this planet and this world. And then it's a thing of numbers. It's, like, it's a thing of which things are planned day by day. Not day by day, but these things are planned in a lot of ways. Is people don't realize and see those kinds of things. But you know, you got to really pay attention. You got to really be open-minded. I say every single open-minded person on the planet probably would be the best candidates to 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 lead the pack of, of the new aged people when it comes to what really happens and stuff. People like this on Twitter that share shit like this and go real deep into theories and things and proof and provide factual evidence that can be somewhat believable, those are the people I want to be around. Those are the people I like to talk about because you can debate constantly with them. That's the best part about it is you can debate constantly. You can talk constantly. So I want to check this book out now, The Eyes of Darkness. I mean, I haven't really read too many books in a while, but... Um, oh, Rush. Oh, I'm turning the page sideways looking at it now. You have to go back 20 months. It was around then. Now, a Russian scientist named Ila Popterov defected to the United States carrying a microfilm file of the Soviet's most important dangerous new biological weapon in a decade. The Russian called the stuff Gorky 400. You know, you just notice the difference right now? 
The last script we read was Chinese. And it says it has two versions, apparently. The 1981 version, this guy's saying, and the 1996 version. And they're talking about Russia having one of those weapons like that. And they named it the same exact thing. They have the Chinese weapon, same exact thing. So that almost, if you have to open your mind up more, is it Russian created? Was a Russian aiding and abetting China? Was it China's man-made virus that just taking out people left and right? Ooh. Who knows, man? You just really don't know. You can't trust anybody. You can't uh, trust uh, other countries for sure. I mean, they're not our, they're not our friends. And everyone's so divided for a reason, probably. Because I don't know if we could have one normal, one huge world. It would be a little bit overwhelming, to be honest with you. But um, I just came across a Kobe tweet. <laughs> I'm reading the reading the the comments of this. Uh, picture of this book the guy was the guy's post and I scroll all the way to the fucking bottom wait where is it i just lost the tweet i just lost it i just lost it uh, uh i just fucking had it. i had this fucking tweet let me scroll let me find this shit it was a kobe tweet the little prediction that someone had oh this was on 11, or November, yeah, November, December, yeah, no, November um, 13th, t- 2012, Kobe's going to die in a car, or a helicopter crash. Has this person been active since then? The person that said this um, has... 51.9 thousand followers. Jesus Christ. It's a lot. That's a lot of followers, man. For predicting the future. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. It's funny how it's just, it's insane. The thing, what I will say, to be honest with you, it is crazy how someone can predict something and it comes true, that makes it cre- creepy, I have to be honest with you, it does, but, it's just, it's, it's creepy, I don't know, people predict these things, I predict these things, oh, um, and, you know, providing tweets from hello long ago, and, you know, the biggest star, and, and, uh, Anyone arguably that one of the best basketball players of all time, they they predict someone's death. You're predicting a human's death. Um, someone as credentialed as that, man, people have any audacity to think shit like that. But then again, it's like, how the fuck could they know? Or what is it? Is it planned? Was it not? I mean, there's a lot of different videos. And maybe we'll go into it a little bit deeper one time. And we'll watch a video while being on here. I'm sure I won't get in trouble for that, right? And we'll, we'll do that. But, you know, this is it's just all weird, man. And definitely has a huge following now. Whoever that person is behind there, that account. Um, if you want to follow that account quickly, you can. They're at dot noso. So D-O-T-N-O-S-O. I mean, follow them because uh, I found their fucking tweets. Or they, a person who found their tweets and put them in that comments section, and now, um, now I'm gonna be, now I followed their page, so pretty crazy, but, um, 
Yeah, it's pretty pop. Seem to be pretty popular, just off defining the future. So, I mean, Simpsons has done it a bunch of times. So, it's kind of crazy. Like they predicted President Trump the same exact fucking move, picture side by side. It looks like so similar and stuff. And you know, um, did they do nine eleven too? Nine eleven's a big one too. I wonder how many people in the world think it was an inside job versus the amount of people that didn't. Is that possible to look that up? I mean, Google, you can look up anything now, but is there like, is there like people that disagree or completely soft or against the fact that that was like, they think it was an inside job? I mean, all respects to people's families and all that. No, a lot of people wouldn't want to think of their family in part of a, a tragedy like that and compare it to that and be like, no, you got to put some respect down because, you know, me saying that it was an inside job could offend somebody that lost a family in those fires or lost them, you know, the people that were exposed to the air and stuff died later on due to the fumes and all the na- all the chemicals in the air and shit like that. I could see people getting offended by that, but I want to see, I, I want to see if there's like a ratio or like a chart or something. How many... People believe that inside job. How many people believe? Let's see. Um, is there a poll? Wikipedia has a poll. I want to see if they... Okay, here's one. Um... Huh. This doesn't seem pretty. <laughs> this doesn't seem that. I mean, I, I found a, a chart and an average. Um, it says, who do you think was behind the 9-11 attacks? I, I don't know if this was uh, 2008, but it says uh, Al-Qaeda is a blue. And uh, let me see. I can't see this. The blue is 25% of the world thinks that Al-Qaeda was behind it. U.S. government, however, is a low percentage um, a low whopping 15%, Israel, I think 7%, other 7%, wait, wait, don't know is the 25%, 7% is other, I think, they think, 46% thinks it's Al-Qaeda, funny though, let me see, okay, I mean, this is only a poll, man, so let me see, Um, there's a huge ass fucking, um, thing. Uh, pretty crazy, man. Overall, like I said, I don't uh, sit here and talk a crazy amount about that. <laughs> but, like, it does, it does seem pretty crazy, though. That's for sure. But, anyways, guys, um, is that it? I think we, that's, that's all we got for today. Um, it was a good one. We nearly went literally an hour, had a lot of fun. Um, other than that, like I said, I have a couple more days off, so let's sit there, relax, and we'll see what comes about, see who Helwani has on the show. Um, like I said, congrats, congrats to Jan for, you know, getting that win. Like I said, I thought his grappling wasn't the best at first. I talked about that, but since then, he really has put it together in his last three fights and really has set himself up for a fight with John, especially the fact that John was impressed as he is. Like I said, it creates it. And, you know, John wasn't really negative towards Jan, and 
I think John and him, you know, very, very respectful towards each other. So I think they'll just be little pokes back and forth and stuff like that, but nothing really too hostile like him in DC or him in Dominic or something like that, you know? So um, that's that, guys. Um, like I said, um, you can follow our podcast page directly on Instagram and Twitter at KWTK Pod. Uh, my page on Instagram and Twitter at G the King MMA. Um, like I said, leave us a five star review, five star rating in the App Store, or Apple Store, and you know all the everywhere you can rate the podcast, review them. Um, give us a five star review for sure, ladies and gentlemen, and and retweet and 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 all all your guys' um, feedback counts, all the listens count, ladies and gentlemen, on this show. Um, it really means a lot, and I appreciate you guys. Um, share it with everyone you know, your girlfriends, your boyfriends, whoever you're with, your loved ones in general, and all all of it. All of the above, ladies and gentlemen. We're we're here, we're here every week, um, sometimes once or twice a week. It's pretty entertaining. I offer my free spirited thoughts about everything, and it's my way of uh, communicating and getting it out there, ladies and gentlemen. So, let one more time, ladies and gentlemen. We are available everywhere. Um, you can visit um, our podcast page, homepage, directly at www.anchor.fm/kwtkpod. Also, if you want, I'm not saying you have to. But at least it makes our podcast better when you can contribute as well. You can also contribute to our podcast page directly at www.anchor.fm slash kwtkpod slash support. One more time, anchor.fm slash kwtkpod forward slash support. Ladies and gentlemen, we will be back next week. G, the king, out baby. Bye, folks.